Welcome to episode 112 Hellbass Bass Fishing Podcast. And today's topic is the jig worm. Not the Nad rig, not the shaky head, but the jig worm. If you don't know what a jig worm is, if you got grass where you fish, then make sure you listen to the rest of this episode. This week, the Hellbass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. What is going on, everybody? Hella Bass live on a Wednesday night. We don't even have our what color in the chat. Let me know what color we should set the LEDs tonight. <laughs> but we're gonna get going. Uh, we're gonna talk bass fishing, and I think tonight I'm inspired. I feel like we're just about hit. What do I like to call jigworm season here in Minnesota? And uh, got orange. That's what we had last night for going on the SmackDown Outdoors podcast. Mesh with his logo. It'll, match my Dobbins logo tonight. So I think we'll just go with the orange. I like it. It's kind of a warm tone on a cool day in Minnesota. But uh, hey, guys in the chat, let me know wherever you are. Facebook, Twitch, Twitter. Favorites are on YouTube. How's the uh, the sound and audio tonight going solo? Solo show, no guest tonight. Um, kind of last minute, I had a soccer game. The girls, my daughter, they won their first soccer game of the tournament tonight. So in the Minnesota Cup. So we're excited about that. And uh, <clears throat> so that was cool. Just uh, grabbed a quick bite to eat, headed down to the studio, came up with a topic, didn't really know what I was going to talk about, and uh, thank you, Todd. I appreciate it. If you've really been waiting all day, that, that's very kind words, Kent. But, all right. Yeah. What's up, Matthew? Cool. Yeah, so we're going to talk jigworms, and if you're not from Minnesota, Wisconsin area, maybe not much further around than that, you you may not know what a jigworm is, but we're going to talk about the jigworm. We're going to talk about where it comes from, what it is, how it's not a Ned rig, how it's not a shaky head, and why it's different, and where you should think about using it. I'm going to talk about how I actually caught fish in Alabama on a jigworm. So that's going to be the topic. And we'll, you know, we'll go through that. I got some baits. <clears throat> Stop by Omnia today. Got some stuff, so we can look at that as well if we're, if we're looking for something to talk about. And then uh, after that, we'll just go into talking about whatever we want. So, what's up, Carol? HB Gangsters. I feel like you're trying to start a name, a trend. I like it. We, we do need to come up with a family name, like a group. What do we, you know, like, I know, like, uh, you know, whether you're a Luke Duncan fan or not, right? Like, the, the Lowlifers, it's a cool name. We probably need to come up with something for, for our community here. <clears throat> the, it's kind of a, or, it's supposed to be kind of an orange I don't know, is that coming through orange? It kind of matched Doug Glimmerbeam's logo last night. I don't know. Maybe that's that a better orange? That's maybe a warmer orange. Um, it matched this guy's logo when I was on his podcast last night. So if you never checked out Doug's show, SmackDown Outdoors, uh, he does that on YouTube as well as the MP3. <clears throat> it's not a new visor, Daniel, but it's one I don't wear as much. But I've had it since last year. Tend to wear it on those sunnier days where it's not real warm. Let the heat work. Um yeah, that is a good point, Michael. The Dobbin sale at Omnia. Uh, I think a lot of you guys have been <clears throat> taking advantage of that. We can take a peek at that quick. 
since you brought it up, let's see here. Not going to pretend like I'm the most prepared tonight, but uh, we'll get there. No code needed. They're running basically 15 to 20% off on just about all Dobbins rods at Omni right now. It started, I want to say, Friday or Saturday. And uh, you don't need to use my code. You can just use the link. I can put a link in here in the uh, the chat. Um, let's see. Dobbins sale. Can use that link that'll still help out but you don't need to use the code um and that uh oops, we didn't want to do that i want to do this so <clears throat> but yeah everything from the ecstasies to the champs to the furies to the cadence they're all basically 15 to 20 percent if i think the not sure which ones are 15 and which ones are 20 i haven't done the math but if you're in the market for a rod it's a good time to get it you can still get your points back if you're a premium member so you stack 15 to 20 percent along with 10 percent back on premium points and uh, you get yourself a good deal well thank you rich well and it's a good that the uh um the code has changed so the new code right uh for may because it's or for june it's june 1st so it is now omhb 22 june j-u-n uh so if you used up the may code and now you're looking you got a fresh code for june um so that that's the thing and as always thank arsenal fishing for supporting the stream as well uh they got a bunch of uh of their battalion bags in for tackle organization and things like that. No, you cannot stack the code on the Dobbin sale. You broke your Fury 705. So I think the 705 is a CB, right? That's a crankbait rod, John. So you could, they Dobbins does have an upgrade program where you can send it in like a warranty. And then like, if you call them or like type up an email or send a note in there with your information, you can upgrade. So you can pay the difference to go up to a, I guess it depends on what you want. If you want another crankbait rod, you could go up to the Caden 735 or you could go up to like a Champ. Uh, kind of depends on what you want to do. Ray, I have tried a Maverick reel. Um, I got a video coming out of it, uh, but I have tried the spinning reel. Uh, member and uh, subscriber, John, or sorry, <laughs> Brian Kasperzak lent me this, his 2500. Um, he bought one of my old savvies. He let me borrow this. I spooled it up. And, you know, in short, I'm not going to spoil the review, but pretty impressed. You know, for a $100 reel, this hangs right in there with the Fuegos and, and those type of reels. So a full review coming out that. But so far, I thought it was a solid reel for 100 bucks. So that uh, that's the, the short answer, Ray. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I would say, do you want longer? I guess do you want the 705, do you want the same rod, but lighter? Then go to the Champ 705. If you want a little more length, go to the Caden 735. Kind of depends on what you want. You can always you can always DM me on Insta and we can hash it out, John. <clears throat> ah, Lauren, yeah, you, we were messaging on Facebook and he ordered his first Dobbins the other night. I think he got a uh, Champ seven thirty six for Froggin. I think is what we talked about, and uh, he ordered it on Monday night and received it this morning at eleven a.m. So he ordered it on Monday, got it Wednesday before lunch. So that's the kind of service you get. <clears throat> Uh, Brandon, good question. Uh, I just, I came from Loomis and Shimano, had a bad customer service experience a while back. Um, had started trying some Dobbins. I liked them. The things that, the couple things that I really like, this isn't really a Dobbins stream, but since you asked Brandon, um, is that Gary Dobbins has a hand, basically designs every rod himself. 
So that lends itself to consistency. Like from year to year to model to model, there are certain things, balance, tip, action-wise that you can expect from model to model. And they don't change year over year. One of the things I didn't like, excuse me, let's just say like a a crucial. At one point, I had like a, a Shimano crucial. Seven foot, medium heavy, something like that was a you know a really nice rod, and then they would reboot it, and like two years later they would reboot the crucial, and that crucial would be nothing like the other crucial that I loved. So like I warranty it or buy a new one, and they're not the same. Um, so I think those are some of the things I like that they balance. They have lighter tips, so uh, some people think that makes them feel less crisp and less sensitive, but I think that helps you hook, land, and keep more fish buttoned. So those are some of the things high level that I really like about them, Brandon. What's up, AJ? How's the how's the uh, multi-species fishing going? Yeah, the, I can give you a quick glimpse here. So yeah, this 2,500 Dobbins, I can show you. Let me uh, put this uh, away for this. But here's the Revros 3000, Dobbins 2,500. I would say the 2,500 is a touch bigger than the Revros 3000. So if you guys like 3000 reels, the and you want to try out this Dobbins, the Dobbins 2500 pretty much is a 3000, maybe even a 3000 plus. So, comparison wise, then weight wise, uh, it's like eight and change ounces, which was almost within a couple tenths of both the Revros and the Fuego when I weighed it. <clears> oh, <throat> uh, yeah, there, there's some good budget reels out there. <clears throat> There's a lot of good reels between 50 and 100 bucks from uh, Daiwa, Shimano, and, and now appears that Dobbins has a good one as well. Softbait stick rod, Ryan, uh, casting or um, spinning? What's up, John? Thanks for joining Doug and I last night on his podcast. Yeah, <laughs> good point, right? Like you see that with reels, right? Like they constantly reboot Shimano reels and like. Corrado, Corrado's were good for years and they kind of had a dip and now they're good again. And I, you know, I understand why they do that, but sometimes that kind of drives me nuts as well. What's up, white whale? So you got a nice smolly up in Michigan last week. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I just tried one, fished a couple nights from shore, didn't catch anything big to really test it, um, but it seemed like a solid reel. Yeah, it always hurts to hit the like button. It doesn't cost you anything. There's no penalty for you to tap that little thumbs up. Even if you're on a smart TV, you should be able to navigate in there somehow and hit that thumbs up with your remote. And it just helps the stream and helps the channel and helps more people get in here and enjoy the show and, and helps us all suck a little less at bass or suck a little less at catching. We broke that down. What does it mean to suck less? We talked about that with uh, Doug last night. Casting, <clears throat> um, depending on your budget, I, I would say the if I could pick one, I would probably say the Champion XP 733C. I think they make that. And like, and I, if I couldn't, didn't want to bump down from that, I'd probably drop down to the 713 or 743 Caden. And then I would drop down from there to the 733 Fury. <clears throat> There's some nature's up by you, huh? That's not good. Gary's up on Pool 5 Hammer and Smallmouth. Good to hear the river bites going. I haven't been down there since the spring when the water's in the 40s, but when I get my boat, I think I'm going to want to christen it in the river because I do love fishing the Mississippi. It's 
It's a good point, Tim. I mean, um, I don't know that it's going to be wildly different than, than some of the other reels, but I don't think, you know, <clears throat> Gary is going to put his name on it and, you know, be complete garbage. I did get that gopher decal. It's right. I haven't stuck it on anything. I, I kind of got a bunch of slap stickers, etc. Ryan, that I'm waiting to do. I'm thinking I want to wait till I get an editing, a proper editing laptop, and then I might make that part of kind of the studio and the look. But thanks for sending that because I, I am between my dad and I, we're pretty OG Gopher Bassmaster Club back in the day. It's a good club. So for those in Minnesota that think about joining the Bass Club, definitely check out Gopher. Tom got out with the crankbait. Hopefully your hand's feeling better, Tom. Boat update. <clears throat> Hopefully soon. I can tell you that I have VIN numbers for the boat motor and trailer. I have a, a check waiting for me at the credit union to pick up. And just waiting to hear from notification from Mr. Teal at Intune Marine that the boat is on its way and uh, it's got its rigging done. But as far as I know, it hasn't left the manufacturer yet. <clears throat> or at least they haven't told... Teal and he hasn't told me. Which reel did you want? Carol. <clears throat> um, but cool, yeah. So we are going to talk jigworms eventually. We get caught up on the questions here. Talk about some of the history, what I like about jigworm fishing, things like that. And uh, cover some ground. I, I see, Doug, you used your member comment, which the people on YouTube chat should be able to see it, but there, it doesn't, that doesn't come up on StreamYard, which is super annoying. So I cannot show the uh, the member comments, which is an irritating thing about StreamYard. Just like the emojis don't show, <clears throat> but I do appreciate using your member. So there's a feature for those that don't know. Uh, when you're in chat, right below your chat, there's like a little dollar sign if you're going to do a super chat. But if you're a member and you've been a member longer than a month, you can hit that dollar sign and every month you get like one free, basically super chat that doesn't cost you anything. So if you ever want to get like a really kind of highlighted thing in chat, like Doug did there, you can use that like every month. It's just kind of a cool feature, but it's, I can't show it on StreamYard, sadly. I'll do a little poll here. I like the zillion. I do like the zillion, Darius. Darius. And uh, I have a video coming out on that and the rod. I actually got quite a few videos in the uh, hopper. I'm ahead of things. So um, excited about that. <clears throat> but so far, very impressed with the zillion SV. It's so slow to get the uh, MGL 150 or SLXDC. Me personally, I would go MGL 150 because I'm very confident in my thumbs, mechanics, and muscle memory to control the spool. If you feel a little less confident in your thumb, Caro, to control your spool for backlashes, then the DC may not be a bad choice. If that helps. I think it's every milestone and not a month. Yeah, it's something like that, Daniel. But like every once in a while, you get a free kind of member chat. I'm trying to get this poll up, but my computer is lagging. Yep, 
Good choice, Tim. The 735s this week. I just got a 735. I think I went full grip, though. I'm kind of a full grip on my heavy rods. Uh... Yeah, they could have like an auto scroll, but. Uh... What's up, Gators Adventures? Gators Adventures won himself some Super K jigs. Whose stream was that on? Devo stream that you won? Did you get your jigs yet, Gators? And I think uh, Jim, another one of our uh, members that hang out here, uh, I believe he won some Super K jigs as well. Got the DC this weekend. How did you like it, Carol? Did you enjoy the SLX DC? All right, poll is up. Let me see if there's a couple background things I can kill here just to speed things up. Almost a hundred between everybody in the uh, lives, which is awesome. On a short notice, I didn't really get my stream scheduled. So I think next week we're going to talk to Hayden Anderson, <laughs> uh, smallmouth guide from northern Minnesota. <clears throat> so for you smallie junkies, we're going to talk smallmouth next week. And then I think the week after that, we're going to probably talk to my buddy Billy Coles from Smith Mountain Lake. So we're going to head down to the Southeast region and, and uh, get a, an update from South the Smith mountain Lake as well. <clears throat> yes. He got his jigs and the, 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 Ed, uh, the uh, Epic Eric crankbait. That was a nice score for sure. Also, that was actually jig squad. It wasn't Debo's. It was jig squad stream. That's right. Yep. Jim got his super K jigs as well from the jig squad podcast. So it pays to hang out on live streams. Uh, and I think next week we'll be doing another giveaway. I got some stuff coming that we should uh, be able to give away next week. So nothing this week, but uh, what do you guys want to start with? Do you want to start with Jigworm Talk, or do you want to talk to see what I picked up from Omni today? I'll let you guys decide. Just let me know in the chat. Thought I had my pull up, but I didn't. Greg, I'm awake, but I think you meant to say on the lake. <clears throat> Greg's checking in from the lake. Awesome. Hopefully they're biting. Let's see here. Hey all, this Wednesday night fish and therapy group. Sure. Do we do we need to pull out the couch? <clears throat> do you have a question you need? Do you need to talk about something, LGM outdoors? We can we can definitely help you through it. Just let us know in the chat. Smith Mountain has high water. Fury 735 is a nice rod. Does really good things. Agreed. All right. Somebody's, a bunch of people are saying jigworm. <clears throat> Most people I'm seeing, let's talk jigworm. Dave, you know everything. My boy Dave Ham. Speaking of other OG gophers, there you go, Dave. Bring back some memories. <clears throat> Yeah, all right. We'll start with the jigworms. That's cool. I ain't afraid. All right. So I guess I want to start with what is a jigworm. And I want to give a nod, at least in Minnesota, from my perspective, um, is, uh, yeah. And one of the questions, is a jigworm just a huge ned or is a ned a tiny jigworm? Let's talk about it. Um <clears throat> 
But in Minnesota, you may be familiar, especially in this upper Midwest, some, a company called Gopher Tackle, which Connie Peterson, I believe, is who owned it or started it back when I was younger. <clears throat> I think he has since passed away. Um, but he was, I don't know if he was the originator, but he was one of the main people that brought the mushroom head jig in Minnesota to mainstream, at least where we fish. And is what I think of when I think of an OG jig worm. <clears throat> so, and there's some new people that have taken ownership of it. I don't really know them, but uh, yeah. So the original, they at least claim it's the original mushroom head jig. So used to use these, used to catch a ton of fish on these, but this is kind of the hook. And it's not way different than a Ned, but it's a little bit different, a little different style head, 90 degree line tie. Uh, the original ones were pretty light wire hooks. As they've advanced, there's some better, stronger, sharper hooks that have been used. Um, they've got Kamigatsu, Iga Claw, Mustad. The old ones were pretty light. Um, but if you know, you uh, and back in the old days, and when I was fishing in Gopher Bassmasters, or my dad was, and I was helping him pre fish, we loved to rig our jig worms. This one's a little bent. These have been in the bag for a while. But who in the chat can tell me what who makes this worm? If you guys know this, like who make this is the black grape. You probably can't see it really good. Like if the line pie doesn't, or the light doesn't really shine through, but it's kind of like a, a translucent black grape color. Um, and it's a little bit different than a shaky head too. And we'll talk about that. But this paddle tail worm, who, who made this paddle tail? Not Biospawn. This is way before uh, Biospawn Critical Gravy. Not Cream. Not Man's. We got a winner. John D knows it. It's a Producto. So this is a Producto worm. These ones are a little bent, but this this on a jig worm back in the day was what we did. We A lot of light heads still, right? Like 16th, 8th, maybe up to 3 16th. Uh, I don't have any of my really old like super OG mushroom heads, like the gopher tackles, but we would just take this one. Didn't have to be a red hook. A lot of times we'd break this first little segment off, right? This little nose so that it would fit a little better on the hook. And then we just rig that on there straight as can be like this up on that little barb. And that's what we'd rig it just like that. And back then we were probably mostly throwing this on like, eight to 10 pound mono on spinning rods. And we'll talk about gear and why spinning rods and things like that. Um, but that was really where it started for me was throwing a producto on a jig worm. I think producto could use a little more, not like they could sell some more worms. They've kind of fallen off the, the map a little bit. So they, they could use some publicity. <laughs> they are pretty soft worms. Um, not really any salt. They're fairly, I think, they, if I remember right, they actually are kind of high float. You know, not like a Laztec high float, but maybe like X-Zone high float. We'll get into line and rod, critical gravy. <clears throat> I think you can get a, a Producto on like Tackle Warehouse or, or uh, I think they're popular in Florida. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the light wire, I mean, back then was a lot of it was because that's all we had honestly. And you're fishing it on fairly light tackle. So you're trying to like get through them or get it in the fish's mouth. Like back then when we were fishing that, it was like 10 pound mono and 
straight 10 pound mono. Like we didn't have braid to leader back then. Like this was really like when I started fishing this, this was before like braided lines were really new. Like we were talking about like gorilla blade and the early spectra, that bright white stuff. And like, it was very primitive and it was mostly for musky and like, they didn't really have like <laughs> the light braids. It was like super heavy Dacron, like musky, big, uh, things like that. <clears throat> And uh, so, yeah, this is where it started. And then from there, where we went typically is uh, from the another kind of there was there was a phase of different things. But we also got like when these guys came out. Right. What worm is that right there? This one's a little more modern. You can still buy these. Today. You can still buy the producto. Um <clears throat> But this is a worm that's still around. This is, they've been sitting in a bag a long time. This is a Debo's favorite color or Debo's dad's favorite color, right? This is a Tequila Sunrise. These are the, the old thing about these old seven-inch power worms. Like no two <laughs> uh, are ever the same. And a lot of times I would pick through them depending on the color, what they're biting on to get the right. Um, <clears throat> culprit was a good one, Tyler. I don't have any culprits handle. But actually, we probably did fish a culprit ribbon tail before we fished a power ribbon tail. So that's a good point. <clears throat> so I would say I don't have any culprits handy, but we definitely would go six inch red shad culprit, uh, purple shad culprit. Really pop still popular with the Pirate Lake hook setters, if any of you guys are watching. Um, but then, you know, the, the, the ribbon tails were the next evolution after the, the producto uh, for a lot of us. And, you know, same rig there, right? You'd sometimes bite that little first knob off. And these would get rigged. A little bit of debate on which way you should put the uh, the grub tail on these. But uh, I don't think it really mattered too much. As long as you got it down there pretty straight. Um, you get a little bit different action, right? So the producto, when it falls, there's no ribbon tail. So there's nothing like... It's going to kind of like be almost like a tube. It'll kind of like glide spin down almost like a tube or a senko or something like that with a weight on it so it kind of had a more straight erratic gliding drop when we went to the ribbon tails right then it would kind of more straight because that that would kick right that would flutter down so you're going to get a more vertical drop and that tail is going to kick and spin down um you know the jigworm is awful deadly at lake marion <laughs> uh, don't sleep on that. The culprit sticky worms, those are good ones. They had those little like uh, Velcro patches, kind of like the uh, the boom boom frog. I don't know if they really worked, but it was interesting. <clears throat> the phenon worm, not familiar with that one. I'm just kind of talking about my journey and the people I hung out in my evolution. Um, yeah, we're going to get into how and where we fish them in just a second, Brandon. But uh, then we also messed around with, you know, four-inch power worms. That's about as small as we would go on a jig worm, typically, that mushroom style. We did dabble in kind of the straight worms, worms that look more like shaky head worms. You know, whether that be a zoom worm or like this power bait, shake finesse. Um, and then now what's really popular <laughs> is um, we use a lot of dingers and senko styles on our, our jig worms as well. What else did we use that I maybe not have? Uh, yeah. Another one that I liked for a while was this Lake Fork ring fry. 
Now, this is a little bit bigger one, but we, if you want to upsize, or they, I think they made this is like an eight inch. I think they made like a little bit smaller one, but mm, the garlic on that makes it almost like spaghetti. But so ribbon tails, producto, straight tail worms, little hook tail worms. That's kind of the most that you can pretty put anything on a juke worm, but that's kind of the mainstays. Let's talk about where we would fish them. Um, <laughs> man's and electric blue. I bet you some of those man's worms would have been good. Um, and uh, yeah, so where do we fish them? How do we fish them? In Minnesota, where I grew up, we mainly use this on weed edges. Um, yeah, biting off the end of a max ten is not better. To, better, much better to use your uh, your arsenal scissors for that than using your teeth on the max ten. Um, ten inch power worms. I got a whole bunch of them over there. So I think that's a good question. Uh, you can technically put anything on a jig head, but for the application of fishing weed lines and how we fished them, I think you want the worm so you get a more straight drop and you get kind of a. A different drop. I think when you start having like creatures and salamanders and those kind of things, you're changing the way it falls and you're kind of changing the action. Not saying that doesn't work, but it kind of was not always what we wanted. And a lot of times when we're coming in and out of grass, we wanted something straight that would slink in and out of the grass. So if you were throwing a creature or a lizard where you got more appendages on it, that would tend to hang on the grass more and catch up and be a little different. Um, so a lot of times anywhere, I would say 6, 12, 18 feet, anywhere in there, wherever that weed edge really depends on our lakes and how clean they were. You know, we're fishing around cabbage, coontail, uh, milfoil. I have caught them on Gunnersville on hydridola and eelgrass lines uh, doing this. So if you live on a great a lake down south like Pickwick, Gunnersville, you know, probably some of the lakes in Texas where you're fishing grass edges and things like that, you definitely could apply this. Uh, if you live out in New York, you know, places like Cayuga, maybe Oneida, uh, natural lakes like that, I definitely think there are options to throw the jig worm beyond Minnesota, Wisconsin, where it's really popular. <clears throat> um, so we're typically throwing it on a spinning rod because a spinning rod has that free spool. So you kind of cast it, pitch it, flip it, and you're not typically just bombing it into the weeds. Not saying you can't do that, but typically you're trying to cast and hit within reason the edge, the wall. It usually works best where you've got a wall or a more straight to find edge. They can go in and out and can be pockets, but you kind of want to hit that edge. That's where it seems to really excel. And you want it to fall on a spinning rod typically because you get a more straight descent fall. So when you cast it in there, you can kind of free spool that spinning line better. And that jigworm is going to fall pretty vertical, very vertical. If you throw it on bait casting, even no matter how much you feed that line off, typically you're going to pendulum it away. And a lot of times, I don't know what the 70% of the bites or whatever, maybe more or less or whatever, but a lot of days the bites happen on the fall, that initial fall when it's going down that weed edge. Um, and whether it's the kind of the slower descent of the, 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 the uh, curly tail, right? Uh, fluttering down. Or kind of the more erratic glide of like a, a straight worm, like a producto or a senko, you're going to get a lot of bites on the fall. Typically, we're throwing, I would say, eighth ounce is the most common. Sometimes super calm, you might go down to a sixteenth. And then like in a little bit windier, you might go up to a three sixteenths or really deep or a really, you know, maybe a quarter. But rarely would you ever go more than a three sixteenths or a quarter. And this worm is fluttering down. 
and it's sometimes falling right down to the bottom, right on that weed edge. Sometimes it's getting hung, and it typically works best when you've got good, green, crisp, crunchy, healthy grass. Because this jigworm will kind of like get stuck in it, and then you'll kind of like pop it up, and it'll like shoot up out of the grass and then kind of flitter back down. And you kind of do that, like you kind of like you almost like fish it till it gets hung, and then you kind of pop it free. And it's almost like a super subtle, finessey way of like ripping a trap out of grass, if that makes sense, but on a much more finessey setup. And this is actually one of those old ones that have the barbarian hook on it. It was pretty popular in the day. <clears throat> but uh, you kind of almost want your bait to get caught in the grass that's clean or a little sprig of coontail, and then you pop it up, and that creates a reaction, right? That fish is in there. What happened to that worm? They follow it down, and all of a sudden you like pop it up in their face, and they're like, oh, they smoke it. Um, there are times that you can dead stick it or shake it or things like that. But most of the time you're throwing it in there, letting it fall down the grass edge and kind of like lifting it kind of a little bit. And when it gets hung, then you kind of pop it and let it refall again. And you kind of work it until you get hung up again. And then you kind of like pop it. So that's, that's how you fish it, which is kind of way different than a shaky worm. Um, kind of different than how you throw a Ned, right? A lot of times that it's not way different than Ned, but a Ned in the grass, in really thick grass, I feel like it really falls up a little more and you're fishing a little bit lighter line and lighter rods. You can't quite snap it out. I'm typically fishing this on a heavier, a little bit heavier line, a little bit bigger hook and a little bit heavier rod than a Ned. And I think the bigger plastic also helps it get hang on the grass a little without like really diving in. Whereas a Ned, when there's no plastic or mass on, I feel like it can really just get balled up and get lost in the grass. Where this has kind of the balance of mass and appeal that can draw bites in the grass um let me see if i catch up did a lot of talk on there um we've just been digging into to jigworming yeah i could see a, a fluke style bait being good on a jigworm that would work i've not really thrown that um paddle tail senko definitely could be a good bait there's a lot of good baits out there um When using, when you see crisper grass determinant, will you fish it or is it too slow? I mean, typically the healthiest, greenest grass is a high percentage area. Um, a Nico rig definitely could be a replacement. I could say on the weed edges, you definitely could fish a Nico rig in a similar way. You're going to get a little different action, but you could definitely, you know, when we started throwing jig worms, um, Nico rigs weren't really a thing back then, but a Nico rig could be similar and you can rig that a little more weedless. Um, but this is designed to kind of get hung up and kind of break free from the weeds. And then with the exposed hook, when you get a bite, you typically catch a lot of fish. Um, but a Nico rig definitely can work. It definitely is another alternative. So, yeah. And so, I think, but uh, so let's maybe talk. Rod and reel before we get into too many more jig heads. So for years, I used a Savvy 703 SF. So I like a 703 or a three power Dobbins, which is typically what they call a medium fast action. This, and I, I recently sold a 703 um, to uh, a viewer and he was pretty excited. And I upgraded to the Sam Sobe Special 723. So same power rod 
two inches longer um, to get a little more length. So when those when you're fishing in that thick coontail or grass or things like that, or making a longer cast, you know, when a, or a fish gets it, you get a little more leverage on that fish to get them up out of that grass, um, a little more control. I just want a little bit longer rod. Um, so this is a very typical setup, size three, 4,000 reel, typically 12, 15 pound braid to like a lot of times on jigger, I'm throwing 10 pound floral leader, especially if it's like really thick coontail or thick milfoil edges. Because if you catch a four pounder and he turns in the grass, sometimes you need more than eight pound to steer him back out. Um, so there are times I will drop down to eight if the grass is super sparse, if the water's clean, if the bite's tough. But when I can, I will probably bump up to a 10-pound leader here. Um, and that's this is a pretty typical rod. And this is going to be the one that's going to be my main jigworm rod. Um, it's a good-looking rod. I like that gold accent on this one. On sale at Omnia right now. Um, they rate it for 8 to 14 pound, uh, 3-16 to 5-8 ounce, medium-fast action. Uh, it's labeled for jigs, senkos, shaky heads, Texas rigs. So honestly, if you have a shaky head rod you like, that's probably a good rod for jigworms. The main difference between a jigworm and a shaky head is the way you rig it, right? Um, and as far as like popular ones out there, um, on Omnia, you will find the Outcast Money Jig is a good one. Solid hook. The All-Terrain Mighty Jig. I like ones with a little bit bigger hook. So these are definitely a little beefier, definitely a little longer hooks than Ned's, right? If you compare this to the Ned head, right? That hook is considerably bigger than a Ned head hook as far as like hook shank length, uh, strength of hook, things like that. Um, so I'll cast money, all-terrain mighty jig. And the one that I use the most because it's a jig um, that I'm partial to and that I use a lot of for a lot of things is the Bass Tech agitator head and uh it's a little bit different style it's it's a it's kind of a a shaky football head which is a little different than the mushroom head but it still works really well this is a a, a tungsten head as well which is not needed but it's a i use this jig for a lot of things i use this for like katex swim baits i use this for menace scrubs. i use this for shaky heads i use it for jig worm so this is a jig where or a hook that i can use for a lot of things and I like the utilitarian of it. And it's got a same good hook. Um, and that's what I have in this, you know, a Senko, right? So an eighth ounce or a three sixteenths ounce version in a Senko is what I go to a lot. And there are a lot. And, and actually, when I should say, I should say stickworm, because for this application, jigworming, I much prefer a Yum Dinger, a Gambler Ace, uh, a Powerbait General, something that actually isn't super loaded with salt. Um, I don't need that extra. I've got the head of it to sink it. So I actually like that a yum dinger is a low, lower salt content and definitely like a, when it hits the bottom, it'll float up or it'll be much slower as it tips over. Whereas a heavily salted Senko or the Bass Pro Sticko, right? They'll just like, and then just fall over. So a lot of times I actually like the higher float, lesser salt content for this jig worming application. Let's see here. Wacky jig is good. Um, I have a video on that. I typically make my own. So I will just, you know, uh, if I'm in a wacky rig with a weight, I will just use this. And then I will just take an ultra small bullet weight, like a 16th or 
30 second and I'll just take a bobber stop and snug up a super small uh, bullet weight to that and uh, just kind of make my own rather than stocking jig worms or uh, weighted jig heads. So I kind of make my own versus just buying wacky jig heads. Yeah, Tim, solid setup. I think that, don't I have a CI4? Yeah, I have a CI4, right? Same reel. Except for you have the 3000, I got the 4000 on it. Mine might be an mine might be an older CI4. What's up, Wes? Good to see you. 733 would be a very good uh, rod for this application as well. Any seven foot to seven three three power in that range. Um, I do use that hook for stupid tubes as well. <laughs> I use this hook for a ton of things, and that's kind of like. Uh, I carry one jig. You know, there's a few shaky heads in there, but I also use it for shakier heads, right? So, like, this hook is super versatile in the fact that, right, I can rig a jig worm. I can rig a K-Tech. I can rig stupid tubes on it. I can shaky head as well, right? I can take this power bait shaky worm and also, with the, the way this barb is set up on this one, right, it's easy enough just to so, I mean, I like it because it does so many things and I don't have to carry a million style, right, baits in it. So this Jigworm also makes a sweet shaky head. And that's probably what it's best at with that little football head. Uh, that is a great shaky worm, you know, and I could shaky menace scrubs, things like that. It just is a very versatile head. Um, Yeah, so I, the flick shakes, the the Zappu weighted work great, but I feel like putting a little uh, bobber stop in front of a tiny tungsten weight in front of my hook works just the same. And then I don't have to carry, right? I already got bobber stops. I already got tungsten sinkers or tiny tungsten sinkers, and I've already got wacky hooks. So I have everything I need to build a weighted wacky hook without stocking weighted hooks in my box. So it's just a way to like free up tackle and not having so much stuff. But there's nothing wrong with using a weighted jig head either. Could you use the Shamoto paddle tail Senko or thin? Yeah, absolutely. So that would just be like a hybrid. Like you'd basically just be like, right? I'd just be like, if these two worms had a baby, right? <laughs> That's what you'd get. And there'd be nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. It'd be definitely worth a shot. Let's see, what else is there? And so the main reason why, how would I, let's talk about like, so a different, the main reason, you know, the main difference between this and this, right? A shaky head versus a jig worm is a jig worm is 100% completely exposed hook, right? And then the shaky head is rigged differently and you're going to bury the hook. Now they will fall very differently. If you shaky head, you're definitely going to get a more twisting, gliding spiral when it falls, right? Hooked like this, you're going to get a much more vertical fall. So the fall is different. So in, a, in those that fish tubes know that like a stupid tube versus an exposed tube versus a Texas rig tube all fall very differently and it can affect the bite. Um, this head is the agitator head, um, the Bass Tech. And you can find it at Tackle Warehouse. I also, if I ever put them back in stock on Bass on the Bass Tech website, but so I can pull it up here just to show you uh, online. You should also, if you're interested, you should tell Omnia to carry the uh the uh the agitator heads so what head was it so uh if you go to tackle warehouse bass tech 
it's this guy right here, this Bastec Agitator Shaky Head. And I use this for all kinds of things, right? Eighth and three sixteenths outs are my bread and butter for most things. Um, but they do make other sizes as well. So that's the main difference. And then I guess, so that's the rig difference. And then obviously a shaky head, typically you cast it out and you're right. You're kind of shaking it, dead sticking it really on the bottom, gravel, rocky, stumpy, right? You're just, you're really maintaining bottom cut. You're trying to push, you know, that shaky head is typically in there just like, right. Rooting along, right. The, this design, right. You're not typically doing that. You're throwing it out, letting it sit, dead sticking maybe for a few seconds, kind of like, pulling it in the next grass clump and then up and then back down. So it's a more vertical up and down presentation, whereas a shaky head is more of a horizontal bottom. Um, yeah. Any kind of ball, football, mushroom head, any of those will really work for a jigworm. Um, yeah. And then for a, you know, why is it not a Ned, right? The Ned to me, typically when I'm saying Ned, I'm going three inches or smaller, right? And most jigworms are, in my opinion, four inches or larger. Um, and then the hooks, right, in a Ned are typically much smaller, right? A Ned style hook compared to the jigworms that I mostly use are considerably different in size. Um, so like here's an eighth ounce jigworm compared to an eighth ounce Ned. So substantially different hook size, right? Much lighter wire, thicker wire. You know, we're talking a two aught versus something, what, a number two, <laughs> number three. I don't know what even that number, what that is, but that's a pretty small hook. So like, that's the difference. You know, and so you're typically, this is ultra finesse and this is like basic finesse, I guess. And then a Ned, I think more, I'm going to throw that in sparser weeds. I'm going to throw that in other places. I'm going to throw shaky head, boulders. I would say, you know, I'd almost say that the Ned is a finessier shaky head more than it's a finessier jigworm. But it kind of depends on where you are and where you fish, things like that. Uh, they do make it, I would say a Magnum Ned is a jigworm. So, like, when you see Mikey Ball's Great Fisherman, Great Videos, right, when he says Magnum Ned, he's fishing a jigworm at that point, in my opinion. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you're up to the bang sticks or the the Magnum TRD in, you know, uh, yoga pants color, then you're fishing a jigworm. Yeah, so hook set, that's a good question. We didn't talk about hook set. So, typically, like, you're going to feel it load up, and then it's just like a like a sweeping lift and reel that exposed hook. Um, I would say it's like a drop shot, but a little more authoritative. Um, like a, like a, like, like a shaky head, much like you'd set the hook on a shaky head. Um, you know, more authoritative than a Ned setting. Um, I have not played around with the giant TRD much. I've got so many other worms, but uh, a little bit. I, I, I probably, I like the bang sticks a little better. They're kind of like guarantees, but they got the little like tentacles on the back of them. Use those. Yeah. Eric knows. He's from up north. He knows the jigworm. Yes. We were talking about that earlier. It's absolutely all about getting it hung, just hung a little bit in the grass and snapping it free. 
that's the reaction fight and that's why you want the exposed hook um yeah the quiver i have caught fish the quiver i bought a couple years ago i bought the missile 48s and i also bought some of the quivers and those make good jig worms as well um i have used super glue on a ned hook you can also super glue a shaky head honestly um Late night. That's why you, you can always be le- replay gang, Sean. We got the replay on YouTube, on the podcast, wherever you want to watch it. You can catch it up when you're pretending to work, walking the dog, driving to the lake. You can always catch the replay. Uh, weighted wacky rig pinned a 16th with a, see, what I would call that is a MoWack. It's like a Mojo wacky rig. And I've caught some good fish back in the day doing that. Basically, pigging a small sinker up from a wacky rig. It's like a, a mojo rig and a wacky rig hybrid. We call it, My dad called it the Mowack. So what else to talk about on the jig worm? We talked about the rod, line. You know, leader length on the line. I typically like 6, 8, 10 foot of fluoro um, to my mainline braid. What's up, Backlash Pro? Uh, like which way do I rig a zoom? Like on a, like if I'm going to rig it on a, uh, jig worm, right. I would rig it flat side down. So I would rig it just like I would rig this producto bow, right. I would have the flat side to the back of the hook and then the raised side or the rounded side of the trick worm hook coming out that side so that you got the flat side so that it, can glide a little bit on that flat side. So it's much how I would rig a shaky head, but then the hook is rigged like that versus coming up the bottom. Does that answer your question, Bo? Hmm. I have not. You're basically saying put a, a little ring. So it'd almost be like a little pivot head kind of, but it'd be reverse. Interesting. <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? Um, it really just depends on the bait you're throwing. Um, right? Like if you're, you know, if you're throwing, that's a two ot in the Bass Tech, which is very similar to the Arsenal. So that's, I like a bigger hook. It kind of depends on your rod and reel setup. Right? I'm fishing usually a seven oh two. Dobbins, you know, uh, 10 pound braid to like an eight pound leader. If you're fishing around weeds, largemouth cover, and you're going to fish eight to 10 pound fluoro, then I, I kind of like the two ot. If you're more smally, super sparse, six pound line, then I'd probably drop down like a one ot. So it really depends on your setup where you're fishing and in your, in your whole system, Sean. Any other questions on jigworm? Did we, did we cover the jigworm? Is there anything that any stones unturned on jigworms that we did not cover? And does anybody not understand how a jigworm is not a Ned and it's not a shaky head <laughs> and how they're different applications? Culprit worm or the producto worms. Put some of those back in the bag. I start cleaning stuff up. Otherwise, we're going to look like the bait man's room. We've got stuff everywhere. How long a leader? Uh, like I said, six, ten feet. 
a little bit longer. Um, let that fluoro do its thing down there, a little bit of stretch. So like when that when that jigworm pops up, you're mostly dealing with the fluoro. If you got a real short, then you're dealing with the braid. Um, and then things like when you the other thing I'll say like uh, when, as you start ripping through worms, right? Like you start with a six inch producto culprit, whatever. Like as it tears out, you can work down until you get down to four inch and like i think that's how the ned started right like they started with a jig worm and then when they got down to just throwing that on a jig head right that's what became the midwest finesse rig and the jig worm <laughs> a magnum jig worm shaky ned i guess if you go with that thomas you'll never be wrong There you go, Brian. Catching up. Here's your pro tip. If you're coming late, you watch it on 1.25 speed and you hopefully get caught up. Hit the little gear sign, click it to 1.25, and then uh, you'll get caught up. Both, AJ. So really, like a lot of times, if I'm in search mode, right, sometimes I'll make more longer casts kind of down parallel, right? Um but if I feel like if I know where the fish are, like on an inside turn or a little weed point or a little weed finger, a lot of times then I'm making little like shorter flicks and pitches, like being more precise. So I'll do both. But I would say most of the time it's the shorter flicks and pitches and kind of shorter, more precise casts where I feel like I, I know where that weed edge. The 360 has really helped that, like being able to identify where that weed edge, where those little turns are and hitting those sweet spots. Uh, I'm sure you could do the same thing with live sonar. Yeah, JP, it, I think it's underutilized in a lot of places. Um, and I think it's lost a little bit of luster with the Ned, but it's a deadly technique. And I even had, uh, I was on Josh Bertrand's uh, podcast a couple weeks ago, um, the Angler's Happy Hour. And he was, he had his wheels turning. He was definitely thinking about using it on Cayuga for the uh, BPT tournament. Yeah, slime on the bottom typically isn't good. <laughs> Like I know on like Malax, if you get slime on the boulders, it's really hard to catch smallmouth in those areas. You typically got to kind of shift your area around. If I feel like there are fish in slimy areas, then I'm usually going to go to a wacky rig, um, a mojo rig, or a drop shot. And I will kind of avoid a jig worm, which will get down into it. Oh, we didn't talk about the super sneaky, the chartreuse head. Nobody even, right? So most jig worms are going to be black. They're going to be green. They're going to be gray. But one thing that a lot of people up here like to do is get chartreuse. And you'll see that with the Arsenal Neds and a few other companies will make an, a chartreuse version. And you're seeing some of that in Neds as well. And I think why that works is because they get a flash of it. Especially, I think, when you're using the chartreuse version, you want a little heavier one. Um, like, I'll go up to the 316s. Get a little more reaction bite. So you throw it out and it's going to, like, especially on a Senko style, it's going to fall pretty quick. And you're just going to see that like chartreuse flash. And then that chartreuse is going to like fall in, right? And it's going to go like into the muck or sand or right the sediment on the bottom. And they just see that worm. And then you like get caught on some grass, you pop it up, flash chartreuse goes away, right? So it's like that little flicker of a bluegill, that chartreuse, that spot. I think it's something instinctual in the bass. They see that little chartreuse flicker, makes them think bluegill, makes them think like that's something I'm going to eat. So I think that's why a chartreuse little head like that will trigger fish sometimes is that it's kind of that little peekaboo where they get a little look of it. It goes away, right? Like 
Um, that's my thought, anyways. I've not played around with the slider heads. Uh, I feel like it could work. Um, yeah, I like Old Toad. Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I just recently moved to the Sam Sobe Special 723 for my Jigworm. For years, I used a 703 Savvy. So I think any three power spinning rod between seven and seven three, and whatever your budget is, would be a great Jigworm rod. So it could be a Fury, could be a Maverick, could be a Champion. Uh, but that three power spinning rod and that seven to a little more than seven is what I would recommend. Uh, so and, it, and another way to think of it, I think uh, any good shaky head rig worm, a shaky head worm rod is a good Jigworm rod. What's up, Mark? Do you do, uh, do you hook center guys know anything about jigworms? <laughs> We're not supposed to talk about these chartreuse heads, huh? <laughs> uh, AJ says chartreuse is the ju- are, wait, wait, wait. Are the member emojis actually working, or is that just a regular juice box? I thought we had a juice member emoji. No, but that's a regular one because I don't know. Is that? Is that the member emoji or not? I feel like earlier in the day, Darius's uh, emojis weren't working. Yeah, I don't know. That must be just a regular. Got excited for nothing. That was just a regular emoji. Sean Live, what's up? What's up, Roger? Big Sky checking in. Yep. See, got me excited, Thomas. Doesn't work. Uh, someday, StreamYard, someday. We got late birthday for Tim. Everybody going to sing birthday at home? The Visor. Carl's a big fan of the, the Visor gang. Can't blame her. All right. Any what else did we cover? There's got uh, Mario checking in from South Carolina. What's going on? Thanks for watching. Yeah, no doubt. They do have a really great product. Um, there are things that can to get a little better though. What else did we not talk about? We talked about hook set. Talked about rods, reels, where to fish it, how to fish it, setup. The heads, the worms. I feel like it's mostly there. We talked about how it's not a shaky head and how it's not a Ned. Oh, I also, the other thing I like, we talked about chartreuse heads, but I think the other thing that can work is this is an exaggerated version, right? This is the molded one, but I like taking a little bit of marker and uh, just putting a tiny chartreuse tip on a Senko or whatever. If I'm using a natural green pumpkin or watermelon worm, uh, for a jigworm, I like if I'm not using a chartreuse head, I will typically dip just the tail and get that same effect where I get that little flicker uh, of a, uh, uh, a bluegill imitation. Gramps is coming back with a live next week. My favorite, I would say, like my favorite setup is it's this right? It's the agitator head with some kind of five inch stick worm, um, three sixteenths or an eighth ounce. That's my go-to bread and butter most of the times. And where I live most of the time, based on my watercolor, it's going to be something green pumpkin watermelon with a little bit of fleck to look like a bluegill. Um, 
I mean, it's it's not real fancy. It catches the fire out of them. Uh, you can go blacks. You can go darker. You can change the colors depending on your water and your confidence. Um, so that that's my go-to. Yeah, I think everybody's singing along. You just can't hear them, John. Cool. All right. I feel like we've exhausted. We are 59 minutes in. I feel like we uh, covered, what, I mean, uh, yeah, on the quiver. Yeah. So there's a lot of good worms. Anything that's that ribbon tail to kind of straightish to paddle, to the quiver. I think those are all really good options to experiment with um, on a jigworm. We got to... There you go. Chartreuse in the middle. Get them keying on the hook. I like that. I like that concept. Bo's got an early birthday. 60th on Saturday. Well, happy birthday, Bo. Hope you go out and catch some giants. Yeah. I don't have any purple fleck here, but I definitely got... Green pumpkin purple in the boat. Jay, you missed it. We talked to jigworms. Yeah, the quiver can do a lot of things. I think uh, I kind of just grabbed what was handy tonight. But uh, there's there's a lot of good baits out there for jigworm. Yeah, don't sleep on the old culprits. They still catch fish. All right, Gramps is having 29th wedding anniversary on Friday. Him and Grams gonna be celebrating, going a night on the town, what cooking dinner? You gonna bust something out on the flat top? All right, I think it's. Uh, do we do we talk about tackle now? This this little box of tackle. I figure I think we got jigworms covered. If you came in late, you'll have to go back and listen to the replay. We talked 45 minutes on jigworms, so. Resetting the show, we're gonna like check out some tackle I picked up from Omnia. So the main reason that I went there is because I wanted to get some 20, 22 pound shooter uh, for my dock rod. My dock rod was getting a little low. Wanted to get some twenty two pound shooter for skipping docks uh, under there. So that that's the main reason. And I was out and about, and I was in the area, so I did a order pickup. Um, Kip told me I needed to give these a test drive. So they kind of just threw these in and asked me to check out these Chubbs lures, which are kind of like an economical bait. They kind of remind me of some of the old, like, private label Cabela's looking baits. Don't know much about them. He asked me to try them out. Try to catch some fish on them. Maybe throw them in a lake report. But they got some square bills. They got some lipless couple different square bills they got a popper they're really inexpensive they're like three four bucks a lure so if you're looking to like stock up on some hard baits that don't cost a ton or looking for maybe some gift ideas or want something to try pond lures that aren't breaking the bank now they got these chubs lures at omnia so don't know nothing about them gonna try them out picked out a few colors i don't know so that's the chubs baits Trying to do Kip a solid and gonna try those out. Yeah, I would imagine I want to change the hooks on those. That's that's a good point, critical. They don't they don't look like the most amazing hooks. We could open one up, see how they're like. This is a torta foot. It's got lunker logic. I don't know if it's it says number six round bed triple hooks. Keep the fish pinned all the way to the net. 
let's see here. Small little guys. Yeah, they are okay, but they are definitely not the most amazing. Good pre-fishing hooks. But if you're paying four bucks for a bait, you're probably not getting gamagatsus. <laughs> AJ filled out some lake reports. Where did we fill out? Were, were, were they these Laker reports? Are they walleye reports? Uh, yeah, no doubt. Well, he's probably on the jet today, right? No sure. Yeah, it kind of looks like kind of private label, but we'll, we'll give him a whirl. Um, all right, what else do we get? So I, I did some hunting in the, the kind of the, they've got a bunch of, uh, so that we talked about the Dobbins being on sale earlier. Um, right. But they also have, they make it a little harder to find the bargain bin these days. Where did we find it here? Uh, where was it? <laughs> but they didn't want to call it the bargain bin. They've been kind of hiding it on me. Let's see, it might be under staff picks. Hmm. I've got a link to it. Let me uh, make it not easy to find it. Give me uh, just a second here. Let me go over to my uh, little special sheet here. Because I found it and then I made a link here. So go back there. All right, I'm going to put the uh, the bargain bin link in the chat here. They make it harder to find this. <laughs> but they got some good stuff in here. And uh, can't use the code with this stuff, but most of it's already marked 20, 25% down. Um, Chigger Cross. But this is where I was snooping around. So once I got line, I was like, I want to see what else they got that I can take advantage of. So one of the things that caught my eye, and it's in this group here, were these Howie's Tackle Tubes. Um, I thought these looked pretty good. They're little short tubes. I think they're two and a half inch and a color called Sungill. Sungill's a good color, especially for smallies. Like if you guys know the KTEX come in Sungill, pretty popular color. But I like, especially uh, on drop shots, and then sometimes around bedding fish, I like these little short tubes and kind of like perch bluegill patterns uh, or fry garters or things like that. They can be, they caught this, something very similar to this one. So here's the other one. I was using this on my jigworm rod the other day, but I was using this tube in a, I think this is a get bit tube in a little perch laminate color, right? And so I've had a lot of success on this one fishing as a drop shot, but this sungill one, caught my eye and I thought this is something I wanted to keep in the boat for special situations for both smallies and largemouth um, as drop shot baits, as bedding baits, as fry garters. That just that caught my eye. Uh, yes, they do. They have a much different fall bill. I have not tried the little trooper cross yet. I have not. <laughs> 
I think they may have those. At, uh, so that's this little Howie's tackle from Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. Howie's this little tube. So and they got other colors. You could probably find these. Let me uh, if you want something more natural. Let me see if I can uh, find the Howie's here. So I think they were all marked down. Hey, especially they got a bunch of seven inch looking for jigworm worms, like we talked earlier. Um, didn't I say K Tech? I thought I said K Tech. Um, yeah, the Sungill and uh, the Skinny Dipper is a good one. Uh, yeah, I agree, Kyle. I'll, I'm gonna catch some fish on that. But if you're looking for jigworm baits, seven inch power worms, that'll get them. I was hoping to find the uh tubes here they got plenty of stuff in sale right now did i already go buy them there's all the dobbins are in there as well come on they got some gillies if you guys are looking to get some of those gillies they got the must have missed it there's a smarter way to do this because i can go up to the top and i can just look at soft baits watch this soft why is there not a tube? Can you drop shot? Not under drop shot. What would you call it? Did they? Maybe they took them out of the bin. Did they? Did I get them? They're like, oh no, hella, you you bought too many. They're not in here anymore. This is great visual when you say they're in here and then they're not. They were. Earlier today, they were here. I promise. AG, I see you eyeing up those pit bosses as I scroll by them. I see you, bud. I see you. Okay. They were in here. Let's see here. Yeah, there's some there's some good sun go colors. Let's see if we can. How the shorty tackle shorty tubes no longer on sale, but they got some good colors. How about this uh, smoke purple? What was that one? No, oh. I feel like I regret buying. Not. Uh, oh, I wish I would have bought this one called Eight Pounder. That looks really good. I'm gonna have to get some of those. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, yeah. So that small hook or the 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 tube. I'm just using a little Nico, like a number one Nico. Same what I would use for drop shot. I use or for wacky rigging. I use that number one Nico a lot of times for. Drop shot. Get you them pit bosses. They on sale. Who's sanity are you watching? Oh, they were on sale for you earlier, AJ. A lot of this stuff in the bargain bin at Omnia is actually um, overstock. And then as they get it down to a stock level that they can fit in their bins, then I think they come in and out. And I am now realizing <laughs> that most of the stuff that I bought today was in the clearance bin 
or in the bargain bin is no longer in the American bargain bin. So I see I did buy some of these Maxent um, bunker hogs, which are still in here. I saw those, right, right there. They're still in there. They're still mocked down. I thought this was a good looking color. I have so oh, this is the power bait. I thought I was getting the max set, but I got the power bait. I actually like the color of these. I'm gonna try these out. I thought they have this uh a green pumpkin magic. I was thinking this was max set, but it's not. It's actually a power bait. But I like the looks of this, and I think that'll catch them. So as a D-bomb replacement with that power bait smell, that could be a good bait. So I bought some of those. I think I bought two different colors of these, and these are still in the bargain bin, or maybe I bought two packs. No, I just bought the one. All right. Then I realized the other stuff I bought was in the bargain bin today and is no longer in the bargain bin. Uh, Pit boss on the jackhammer, huh? I don't like that much drag on my my plated uh, jigs, but it definitely, yeah. See, AJ knows. So I can show you my receipt. <laughs> These were in there. But it's like, they, I think they knew that I was going to go out. So Menace Scrubs were in there earlier today. So I bought some Moon Juice and some Blue Craw, a Blue Claw. A couple of my favorite colors. But these were in there. They are no longer in there. So sorry about that. But I socked on some Menace Scrubs because you can never have too many Menace Scrubs in getting colors. And then the last things, which I also see are not in there, they had Zoom Speed Craws in there. So I got... Green pumpkin purple, Mark, for you. Love speed crowds on the back of a Bass Tech jig. And then I also got some green pumpkin blue. Kind of two of my favorite green pumpkin fleck colors. So it's mainly restocking things that were in the bargain bin, and then like half the stuff I showed you wasn't in the bargain bin. So now I feel like I've betrayed you guys. But there's still a bunch of good stuff in there. I'll put the link in there. So if you're looking to want to stock up on a bunch of Berkeley sugar craws and pit bosses and a whole bunch of other things, there's still a lot of stuff in there. Um, the power bait color brain needs to be more available. It just catches them. Interesting. I don't know that I've seen the. I haven't paid attention to the. The brain. I have to check that out. Can I search brain? Uh, no. Like a green brim, I imagine. Yep, they knew I was going to tell you guys, and they're like, no, we can't do that. We can't sell that many Menace Scrubs in, at 25% off. What did Seth say about the drop shot gap to shank ratio? I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure he also uses this style hook for his drop shots. I think he likes the number one or the number two. The Green Pumpkin Pit Boss is the best crowd out there. Nothing else even close. June 1st bin changes, but I ordered on June 1st. Yeah, the speed cross so versatile. Gabe has a good video, and he caught what? He rigged a speed crowd, what, like 13 different ways and caught bass on him one day? Swilly Nelson. Yeah, they do have some great deals on Dobbins rods. 
Uh, if anybody has any questions, they're thinking about getting their first Dobbin or want to get one, take advantage of the sale. You can ask a question in the chat here, but you could also insta- message me on Instagram or on Facebook, and I would be glad to help you navigate the numbers and models um, if that's a value to you. But I do, Swilly Nelson, such a good YouTube name. Uh, pocket Slims are good. Yeah, the garage the garage will be much cleaner when the boat gets here. Uh, I did not buy any of the Haymaker owners. I think they're really hard to get now. If you didn't jump on them early, I think they were pretty hard to get. Uh, I have not really played with many of the Sixth Sense Shaky Worms. Um, have to search TW for the brain. We can do that. We do favor Omnia, but there are things that we do have to get. Oh, we go. Brain, brain, brain. There it is. That's okay. That's an interesting color. It's not what I was expecting. There's the brain. It's kind of. Orangey, green pumpkiny, pumpkin seedy. It's got a kind of got kind of a fade, kind of a copper look to it. It's kind of interesting, Thomas. All right, they say they keep restocking, but they go quick. I don't. Think, I don't think they have an Omni yet. Otherwise, we could set our in stock alerts, but I don't know that they're there yet. Are they? Oh, they are. All right. So the Haymaker, which uh, somebody brought up, is kind of this interesting EWG style where the hook points offset from the eye to hopefully increase with hookups. Um, Actually, the 2-odd is in stock and the 5-odd is in stock. So for those that are looking for them, but if you want the 3 or 4-odd, all you have to do is click there and say subscribe, and then you will get an email when they come in. Also, if you're a premium member, popular things get restock notifications first, from my understanding. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was not expecting that color, Keith. Daryl's calling it Pickwick. Matt Robinson gets his first dub. Yeah, that sometimes happens. Joe says he's had legit success with the Haymaker, both four and three odd. Yeah, absolutely, AJ. Absolutely. Superbug? $10.99. (laughs) I keep them handy. That black, blue, green pumpkin laminate. If I'm ever questioning what I should throw, that's usually what I'm going to start with. You put the two best colors in the world, you laminate them together, the fish is going to see one side, he's probably going to eat it. You could do that, Kyle. Depending on the hook, you you are messing with the hook's temper a little bit, but uh, you could do that. What else is going on? Uh, So hopefully... Fingers crossed, 
by the end of next week, you guys will see a new boat video. Pitch, flip, and speed of a reel. Uh, mostly seven to one, some eight to ones for flipping and pitching. I've got all kinds of flipping and pitching reels. I've got a zillion. I've got Chronic CI fours. I've got uh, Tatula SV. Um, lots of stuff. It would make sense that Zoom would eventually start pairing their colors back because they've probably got too many. I'm, you know, David, I am not that picky. I don't really pay that close attention to it. <laughs> there are some people that really are adamant about four or eight. Like last couple weeks ago, Justin was on. He was very adamant about four, but I know a lot of people that prefer the eight. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I prefer to use a bait caster if possible. Hopefully any day, hopefully any day the boat will be here. Well, I don't know what else to talk about. But uh, I think I got some things to do tonight. Uh, I got some, I think I have another video coming out on Friday. Got multiple videos coming in the hopper. Pickwick starts tomorrow. So if you're at work and you need a good distraction, tune into Bassmaster Live. Final reminder to get your Bassmaster Fancy Fishing lineups in. And uh, yeah, so hope you guys enjoyed it. If you came in late, enjoy the replay. We're going to wrap things up early tonight. Thanks you all to watching. Uh, leave a comment afterwards. Let me know your favorite jig worm, favorite color, if you fish a jig worm. And uh, if you came in late, catch the replay, Hello Bass Podcasts. And uh, we'll back next week with more great content and probably a guest. As always, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less. <laughs>